Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This is the last episode of season two, and I wanted to end with a case that has gotten lots of social media attention in the wake of the Gabby Petito case from 2021, which shined a light on some of the major issues of the true crime community, like who gets media coverage and fair investigations, and who doesn't based on skin color. And this case touches on these issues in a startling way. I want to warn you that it's one of the more frustrating stories I've covered. It's one of those cases I think about frequently because something about it just doesn't sit right with me. And usually, I'm pretty skeptical about mysterious death cases, but this one has had me disturbed ever since I learned about it. Lauren Smith-Fields was just 23 years old when she mysteriously died on December 12, 2021, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. The night before she died, she met with a man she met on the dating app Bumble. And the next day, she was found dead in her apartment by her Bumble date. However, he has never been named a person of interest in her death. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the suspicious death of Lauren Smith-Fields. Twenty-three-year-old Lauren Smith-Fields was born and raised in Bridgeport, Connecticut. She had graduated from Stanford High School and was attending Norwalk Community College. One of Lauren's goals was to become a physical therapist. Lauren was also really active on social media. She liked to post about all things beauty and travel. She was a beautiful young woman who was taking steps toward her future and making lasting memories, but this life Lauren was building was suddenly gone when she died on December 12, 2021, after agreeing to meet up with a man she met on a dating app. Lauren's mother, Chantelle Fields, had not heard from her daughter all day. When she began to worry, Chantelle sent a message to Lauren that read, Are you okay? Please let me know. But Chantelle never heard anything back from her daughter. Her text messages and phone calls all went unanswered. So on the evening of December 13th, 2021, Chantelle and her son went to Lauren's apartment in Bridgeport, Connecticut. When they arrived, they found a note on Lauren's apartment door. The note read, quote, If you're looking for Lauren, call this number, end quote. So Chantelle and her son called the number on the note, and they waited by the car. 
Soon after, the landlord came downstairs to tell them what happened. What her family learned next was life-altering. It was devastating and completely shocking. Lauren Smith-Fields had been found dead in her apartment on December 12th. This is the day before Chantel and Lauren's brother came to check on her. According to Chantel, the Bridgeport police never called or visited the Fields family to notify them of Lauren's death, so they were hearing about her death from her landlord. After learning about Lauren's death, Chantel received a number for a detective from the landlord. They called the detective, and the detective informed the family that Lauren had been on a bumble date with an older man before she died. According to Chantel Fields, this detective didn't provide much additional information, other than that she was found dead in her apartment in December 2021 after being on a date. Her bumble date spoke with authorities when they arrived on the scene on December 12th. This man will not be named in this episode because he has not been charged and he is not named as a suspect in this case. Many of the details that the family has learned about Lauren's death comes from an incident report by the Bridgeport Police Department. According to this incident report, the bumble date Lauren met was 37 years old at the time, and he's a white male. According to the date, he had first connected with Lauren on Bumble, and then she invited him over to her apartment after chatting with him for three days. On December 11th, they ate food, drank tequila with mixers, played games, and began to watch a movie together. Now, remember, these details are all according to Lauren's Bumble date, so we are only getting his perspective of events. At one point, this man told investigators that Lauren went outside of her apartment to meet her brother, and when she came back inside, she allegedly went to the bathroom for about 10 to 15 minutes as he waited for her to return. He then told investigators that when she finished in the bathroom, they both continued to watch the movie and then Lauren fell asleep on her couch. He then told police that he carried Lauren to her bedroom and he fell asleep beside her. He added that he woke up at 3 a.m. to use the bathroom. He noted that at this time, Lauren was still sleeping and he recalled she was snoring. However, Lauren's date told investigators that when he woke up again around 6.30 a.m., quote, she was lying on her right side, blood was coming out of her right nostril onto the bed, and she was not breathing, end quote. And then he told investigators that is when he called 911. The responding officer mentioned in the incident report that when she arrived at the scene, she could tell that Lauren's date was trembling and visibly shaken. This officer found Lauren lying on her back on the bedroom floor. She noted that Lauren was no longer breathing and there was dried blood in and around her right nostril. Something else of note mentioned in the incident report was that $1,345 in cash was found in Lauren's apartment. Now, when Lauren's family first came to the apartment to check on her and were notified that Lauren had died, they called that detective that the landlord gave them the number to, but they also did something else. After ending the call, they waited for that detective, who was named Detective Cronin, to meet them at the apartment. However, with the detective appearing to be a no-show and her family repeatedly calling the detective, wondering where he was at, they decided to head into Lauren's apartment by themselves to pack up some of her belongings. When they went inside and looked around, 
Her family found a used condom, a pill, and bloody bedsheets. After finding these items, the family asked the police to collect evidence and to launch an investigation into Lauren's death. According to the police report, officers did collect some items from the scene, like her cash, her passport, a credit card, and her cell phone as evidence. But the family says potentially key pieces of evidence weren't processed until two weeks later when police returned to her apartment at their urging. These pieces of key evidence include bloodied sheets, drinks, a pill, and the condom with semen in it. The family also alleges that police have refused to interview the man who reported her death as a person of interest. You see, Lauren's family believes that their daughter was drugged. Remember that pill her family found in Lauren's apartment? Well, her mother told reporters that the family believes the pill could have been a sedative. According to the family, Lauren didn't do drugs, rarely drank liquor, and regularly went to the gym. The family attorney has stated, quote, the question is less what toxins were in her body, but how they got there, end quote. The family also alleged that the first detective assigned to the case told them to stop calling to ask about the investigation, and at one point hung up on Lauren's father. And this isn't the only instance where the Smithfields family had been met with resistance by the Bridgeport Police Department. Aside from the family having to basically beg the detectives to collect evidence from the apartment, According to Chantel Fields, the detective on Lauren's case told the family that they didn't have to worry about this older man Lauren was last seen with because he was, quote-unquote, a really nice guy. In addition, the police refused to say if this man was ever taken in for questioning or if he was a person of interest in Lauren's case. According to this man's lawyer, he was cooperative with police the day Lauren was found dead, and he declined to comment any further about the case. In January 2022, the Connecticut Office of the Chief Medical Examiner released the cause of Lauren's death, an overdose of fentanyl combined with prescription medication and alcohol. The office had ruled her death as an accident. According to state data, more than 1,350 people died from drug overdoses in Connecticut in 2021, and fentanyl was the most common drug involved in those deaths. The family's attorney has said, quote, I've never seen a medical examiner conclude a mixer of drugs as an accident without knowing who provided the drugs or how it was ingested, end quote. More than a month after her death, the Bridgeport Police Department opened a criminal investigation into Lauren's death. Although this was good news for the family, Darnell Crosland, the family's lawyer, maintains the criminal investigation should have been opened as soon as Lauren was found dead back in December. The family says they always felt that foul play was involved in Lauren's death. No thanks to the media or law enforcement agencies, Lauren's family and social media has largely been what has kept Lauren's case relevant. Instead of taking this time to grieve the loss of their loved one, Lauren's family has had to do the work of the police and the media. Weeks passed with few updates provided by law enforcement. On what would have been her 24th birthday, Family, friends, activists, and community members joined in a march to the Bridgeport Mayor's office to demand something more be done. They even had a cake. They sang happy birthday to Lauren, and they released pink and red balloons in the sky in honor of Lauren. After the march, the mayor of Bridgeport, Joseph P. Ganim, confirmed a previous statement made by the police department. 
This statement said the handling of Lauren's death was being investigated by the Office of Internal Affairs, and a spokeswoman for the police said that the detective who had spoken to the family, Kevin Cronin, had been moved off the case. The mayor also said in a statement, quote, there's no tolerance for anything less than respect and sensitivity for family members and their loss. I will work with the chief of police to make appropriate changes here in Bridgeport, now our department's policies and practices regarding notifying family members of death. He added, quote, death notifications should be done in a manner that illustrates dignity for the deceased and respect and compassion for the family, end quote. However, Lauren's family has said they plan to sue Mayor Ganim, the police chief, and several detectives. In January 2022, the family filed a notice of intention, arguing that the police department violated the Civil Rights Act by failing to provide Lauren and her family due process. In January 2022, it was announced that two Bridgeport detectives that were involved in Lauren's case were suspended. They were placed on administrative leave, and as of early this year, they were being investigated by internal affairs. According to Mayor Ganim, these detectives are also being investigated for how they handled another case, the case of another black woman named Brenda Lee Rawls, who was 53 when she died and who was found dead and alone in her home on December 12, 2021. Like Lauren's family, the police failed to notify the family of Brenda Lee Rawls and her family also had to hear the news from others. Since January 2022, both cases have been under active investigation and have been reassigned. As for the dating app Bumble, Bumble has said that they only work alongside the authorities in investigations, but it does not initiate them. They also mentioned that law enforcement had not requested user data in the case as of February 2022. As the investigation into Lauren's death is currently underway and ongoing, her family must wait for answers, but they've been working hard in the name of Lauren. Her family has repeatedly asked for the state to conduct an independent probe into Lauren's death. They also brought to light a need for legislators to pass a law that would require families to be notified of relatives' death in a timely manner. According to reports, State Senator Dennis Bradley said he had submitted a bill on this matter. The family has also reportedly paid out of pocket for an independent autopsy and have set up an online fundraising page in the hopes of hiring a private investigator to conduct their own parallel investigation. I'll leave a link in the show notes for the fundraising page if you'd like to support the family. I think Lauren's case poses many questions and problems with the police work that happens for victims of color. I can't help but wonder, even though I have a feeling I know the answer, but would the Bridgeport Police Department have treated the Bumble date the way they did if he was a black man and the woman who died was white. The fact that the police brushed off this man despite him being the last person to see her alive is infuriating and is indicative of their feelings toward black female victims. Why was it so easy for them to write off her death as an accident when her family insisted she didn't do drugs recreationally? And don't get me started on their callous treatment towards the family when they failed to notify the family of her death and when they allegedly told her father to stop checking up on the case and hung up on him. And the thing is, these alleged actions by the police department are so believable because it happens in many cases, not even just cases with black victims. My hope is that Lauren's case is investigated objectively 
and thoroughly. Because if there was foul play, Lauren deserves justice and her family deserves answers. This was the last episode of season two, but I'll be back soon with season three. In the meantime, please share the podcast and rate and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple. It really helps me out. Also, interact with us on social media. Follow us on Instagram at the LCL pod and on TikTok at the Lost Crimes Library pod. See you next year. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind the scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.